This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Mido's series class number, I think, 15? I think we're up to? Okay, there we go. Um, so we're going to be ending this series soon, and we will be, begin- we will be, Emirates on beginning another series. If there's any topic specific that you want to talk about, feel free to email, email at marriagepro.co or nasanao at gmail. Dot com, and we will take everything into consideration as best as we possibly can. So, tonight's class, um, which was created in the middle of a lot of things that are very, very hectic, um, but hopefully we're going to put together here a thought, which I think is just a, an awesome thought. And it's actually, the inspiration for this thought, like Hashem sent this to me um, as I was driving with my wife from a wedding, and I have an awesome, awesome playlist on my phone of music. Like to me, music just takes you to like another planet. And it jumped from like one song to a song that I never heard before. And as I was listening, I was just so taken by the song, which I'm going to play for you tonight. And we're just going to try to get all the audio to work. Okay, so it's not going to be easy, but we're going to try to make that happen. Um, but in order to understand the words that we're going to be talking about and the message behind the words, we first have to go on a little bit of a journey, like we always do. Um, that's what we call this journey of Midos, or maybe that's not the reason, I don't know, but we do call this journey of Midos, so we're going to try to go on a little bit of a journey, and hopefully we'll be able to come out with uh, a deep understanding. So what is tonight's topic? Tonight's topic is the Mida of Zrizos, alacrity. So now most people hear of Zrizos, what they hear is, is that my my job or my goal is to is to do things fast, you know, when we talk to children, and even, you know, as I'll say, like, Zrizim, Makdim, and Limitzvah, like a person should do things with alacrity, and if you do things fast and quick and easy, then that's what Zrizus is. But we all know, if you've been following the series for even one week, that every single Mida really has two components to it. It's the external part of how things appear on the outside, and then there's the internal work. So for tonight's class... We're not going to focus so much on the external zrizas, the idea of just doing things. We're going to try to focus a little bit more on this, this mida plenius, on this internal side of things that we need to focus on in order to understand how to build ourselves to get ourselves that the external side of things is mirroring the internal. Does that make sense? All right, so here we go. So there's a very famous personality that I want to talk to you about. And... I I love history. I think the history is very fascinating, especially when you're learning through different, you know, Mamre Chazal and and, and people like that. There's one specific person that I want to talk to you about. Okay? His name is Rebbe Lezer Ben Arach. And if you're familiar at all with Perkei Avos, you've heard that name before. You may not know exactly, like, who's who. But I want to share with you a little bit. Some of this is famous, some of this is not famous. But there's an element here within this story, which many of you may have heard of, that is not so famous. So the story goes as follows, okay? Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai, who lived at the, at the second Beis HaMikdash, at the end of the second Beis HaMikdash, he received the Messiah, the Mishnah Perkeva says, from Hillel and Shammai. And he was the leader, Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai. When the second Beis HaMikdash fell, he was the one who was lead, he was the leader. And he had different Talmidim. And of those Talmidim, from his five Talmidim, he had Rabbi Lazar ben Herkanis, who we're going to talk about in a second, Rabbi Shua ben Kananya, Rabbi Yesi HaKayin, Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel, and Rabbi Lazar ben Arach. Okay? And he went ahead, Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai, and he, the Mishnah says that he, he used to tell them their praise, which is just 
an interesting thought how a Rebbe was able to connect to each one of his five Talmidim and he was able to tell each one of them what they were good at. So he told each one of his Talmidim, he said, I want you to know, this is how I view you. And I'm going to talk about two specific ones. When he spoke about Rebbe Lazar ben Horkinus, okay, these names might get confusing because there's Elazar and and Eliezer. So Rebbe Eliezer ben Horkinus, he spoke about Rebbe Lazar ben, Hork- ben Horkinus, he said that he's a bar sud she'enai ma'abe tipa. He's like a cistern, like a, like a, like a ditch that doesn't lose a, doesn't lose a drop. You put a hundred gallons in, it doesn't lose a drop. That is Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus. And when he spoke about Rebbe Lezer ben Arach, he said he is like a mayan hamiskaber. He is like a spring that is free flowing, that it's always coming up with new things. So what's the difference between the two? So the Gemara explains that Rebbe Eliezer ben Horkinus had a special thing about him, that he never forgot anything that he learned. He was somebody that had, if he ever learned something, he knew it. And that sounds like a beautiful Mila. But the Gemara talks about it, I remember the Gemara in Sukkah and a few places, the Gemara says that when they, the, the chasarin with him, it wasn't a chasarin, I mean it's hard to say that about somebody who didn't never, never forgot anything. But the, 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 the shortfall, I guess, within his Mila was that he was afraid, he never was machadish things. So if he never heard something from his Rebbeim, he didn't know the answer. So there were many cases where they came to him and they said to him, Rebbe, what's the halacha in such and such a case? And he said, I don't know. I never, I don't have a Messiah on this. Meaning, I know everything. Everything in this encyc- I'm, everything in this encyclopedia, I know. But you're asking me a new case, I, I don't know. I just, I never heard of it. But he knew everything. But if it was new, he didn't know it. Whereas, Rebeleza ben Arach, he was a Mayan Hamizgaber, which means he didn't necessarily remember everything. However, if you asked him something, even if he never heard of it, he was able to like pull things from like the sky and be like, ah, oh, Allah is like this. How did you know? Nobody ever spoke about this before. He was like, cause I'm able to like pull things and like just come forth like sprouting Tyra like that. So the, the, the Mishnah says that these two personalities, Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus and Rabbi Lezer ben Arach, they were from like the greatest of his Talmidim. And he said, Rabbi Yechonah Medzakeh said, that if you would take all the Chachmei Yisrael and put them on one side, and you would put Rabbi Elizabeth Horkinus, who never forgot anything on the other side, see, he would outweigh them all, right? However, if you put Rabbi Elizabeth Horkinus on that scale, with all the other Tamid Chachamim, and you had on the other side Rabbi Elizabeth Arach, nobody comes close to Rabbi Elizabeth Arach, he would outweigh all of them, he would just be so great that he's just greater than everybody. That's what the Mishnah says. Okay? And then the Gemara goes on, to, the Mishnah goes on to say how he asked them, go out and find like the best way that a person should live their life. And each one came back with their answer. And whose answer did he like the best? Rebbe Lezer ben Arach. Like everything that happened, he like, he was like infatuated with Rebbe Lezer ben Arach. And the Gemara, Gemara talks in many cases how great Rebbe Lezer ben Arach was that he would, when he was Dairish, the Maisim Markava, like fire would surround him. And he was so deep and he was so esoteric. He was just somebody that was on a different planet within the end of the second bias within the Tanayim. This is a mission over here. So that's who Rabbi Lezer ben Arach was. However, there's a story that the Gemara says about Rabbi Lezer ben Arach. So you have to imagine over here, and it's hard for us to imagine these people. Imagine like Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, imagine like the Stipler, imagine Rabbi Yashiv, imagine Rabbi Feinstein. Imagine like the greatest person you could possibly imagine. And the Gemara has a story. 
And the story is a very famous story, but I'm going to tell you pieces of the story that you may maybe never heard before. The, the, the Gemara says, the Gemara in Shabbos, the Gemara says, that Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, after Rabbi Yechonah ben Zakkai passed away, his four friends went to one city. And they decided that that was where they were going to establish Tyre, in this city. He went with his wife to a different city. Why did they go to this city? Because this other city was a very beautiful city, and it had a lot of free-flowing springs. Hint, hint, that was like what he was alluded to. Like He was like free-flowing spring, and had free-flowing springs, and it had some beautiful trees, and had all these wonderful things. And he went there. And after he was there for like a little bit of time, he felt very like, I'm missing my friends, you know, like... We were the five, like, you know, I don't want to make any jokes over here. Like, we were like, you know, we were the five, the five Manhigam of Kaisral, and like, uh, what do we have? I don't you know, I'm here all alone, you know? And he turned to his wife, and he said, you know, I think I should go back, and I should visit my friends, and I should join them, because it's very nice over here. I'm living, I have a swimming pool, and I have all these wonderful things. That I, I really feel like I should go visit them. And his wife was against it, okay? His wife was like, no, I don't think this is a good idea. And he said, why not? So she gave him a mashal. She said, because you are the greatest of all five of your friends. You're the greatest, you are the Gadolada, you're the greatest person in this generation. So you're like the food that feeds the whole the whole world. Your friends are like mice. So who goes to who? Does the mice go to the food or does the food go to the mice? The mice go to the food. So you should sit here as the one who's able to like be like the beacon of light for the whole generation. And your friends, let them come to you when they realize what they're missing. That was his wife's advice to him. And he said, okay, sounds like a good idea. And he stayed. And he stayed, he stayed there for a while, he enjoyed himself. I think some say that he was only there for a couple of days, but he stayed, and he was there. And that was that. Then he decided, you know what, I think it's time for me to, with all due respect to my wife, I think it's all time for me to go back and visit my friends. So he goes back, and he comes into the base madrash, and he was reading, when he came to the base Madrash, he came to the Pasuk that says, HaChaydesh Hazelachem, which is the first mitzvah in the Torah, where the Torah talks about, you know, Kiddush HaChaydesh. And he said the words, Omar, he said, HaChaydesh HaYalibam. He read the Dalid as a Resh, and he read the Lachem as Libam. So he said, HaChaydesh their hearts became deaf. Instead of saying, this is the new moon to you, he read it totally wrong. And its meaning was very indicative of what had happened. Because what had happened during those few days that he, after his wife criticized his friends, he totally forgot everything. To the point where the Gemara seems to say that he didn't even know how to read anymore. He didn't know how to read. He, he like lost all of his Torah and he was just totally like lost. And the Chachamim came and they were talking to him and they realized... That a chaydesh somebody who's machadesh, so many things, somebody who's the mayan hamazgaber, the one who's able to just be machadesh tayra, the one who's like amazing. Here he's sitting there and he can't even read basic pasuk, and he's alluding to the fact that their hearts became hard. They can't learn anything. They don't remember anything. And he basically was like pleading with the chachamim, like I, I, I'm lost, like I don't know anything. And the gemara says that the chachamim went ahead. For him. They were and then Hadar Tamude, and then he was able to get back his Tyra. Now, the question is, what did he do wrong? Like, what did he do that was so bad, Rabbi ben Arach? He went to this other place. Okay, fine. He made a bad judgment call. He stayed in this other place. Okay, that's a second bad judgment call. 
but like to the point where he forgot all of his Torah, like how does, how does that work? So it's brought down, I want to redo these words. It's brought down that the minute that his wife, the Ben Yayada, very classic Ben Yayada, so the Ben Yayada says as follows, that the minute Rebbe Lazar Ben Arach's wife called his friends mice, and he was sitting there and he was not Micha, and the minute that his wife called him food, food? I'm the God of Hadar. Like, forget me, but what I represent, the minute he heard that and he didn't make a macha, that was a critical mistake. That's what the Ben Yadda says. That he was, you were sitting there listening to like your wife criticize the five G'dayli Adar. She was giving a muscle here that was so de- like degrading and you just like went along with it. That, that's not okay. So that's one shot in the Gemara. But there's another shot over here, which I alluded to before, which is the fact that he himself was called a Mayan Hamaskaber. He was somebody who was considered like a, a spring of tire that's always going forth. And he went to a place where he sort of, I'm not going to use the word fell in love, but he, 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 he felt internally, he felt himself drawn to this idea of being on vacation, of living on vacation, of living, of living with a swimming pool, if you will. He, he was drawn to that concept. And this is the point that I want to talk about tonight is that when we talk about why it is that people do what they do, the answer unequivocally across the board is because there's usually an internal motivation. Now, many of us, I would argue particularly in, in now, today, in today's day and age, because we're a very spoiled generation, I'm talking about myself, right, and anyone who wants to listen, um, we, we, we don't get up in the, in the morning, many of us don't get up in the morning with such a pull or a drive to do a lot of things. We get up and, you know, whatever, we dilly-dally through our day, we do our thing and make some money and spend time with our families and we do our thing and then we go to sleep and whatever. And it's just, it's just a matter of just like going through the motions. And if, if you would say, and, and, you know, we sit on a lot of panels, like, you know, discussing all of Kalisrael's problems and you almost always will hear somebody say this one point, right? Is that people today are like, are like zombies. Like they're just like going through the motions and they're not really into it and they're not really like living it. So the concept of somebody understanding that their internal workings, what's fueling them on the inside is really what's going to motivate you on the outside. That we can say was perhaps what Rabbi Lezer ben Arach fell with in that he was, he was like the next link in the chain. He was the one you had Shammai and Hillel, and they gave it over to Rechanan ben Zakkai. And Rechanan ben Zakkai had his greatest Talmud in the world. You don't have time for a vacation. You don't have time to go swimming. You don't have time for anything. Klai Yisrael is in shambles right now. The second Misa Mikdash is destroyed. Like you and your five friends are the ones that are holding up the world. You don't have time to sleep. You don't have time to eat. The fact that he pulled out his internal batteries, and he slowly like tuned out for a little bit of time, the message to him was, you became deaf to what's going on around you. You're not understanding the plight of the people around you. Because, yeah, you know everything. Yeah, you never forget everything. Yeah, you always machadish things. Yeah, you're going to be a Tamil Chacham. But where's your internal drive to not sleep? Where is this concept of, of you just going on vacation, just spending a week in a spa? That doesn't exist. It wasn't shot that he went to the spa. And he was thinking in the back of his mind, I need to go on this vaca- vacation, L'shem Shemayim. 
he was sitting there on, on the spot thinking to himself, my wife is right. Let me wait here. I'll chill out for a couple of days. And when my friends come to their senses that I'm the God of Adar, they'll come to me. Oh, one second. You lost sight of the fact that you're the God of Adar? You lost sight of the fact that you're Rebbe Lezer ben Arach? You took your internal motivation and you said, I'm taking a break, just l'shem taking a break? That is treif. You're deaf to the plight of what all the people around you are going through. And that was the reason why he lost all of his Torah. Once he came and he said, guys, I don't remember anything. I don't, I can't even read. They were mevakesh rachamim. They daven. And therefore, they, they allowed him to restore himself to his former glory. And why am I saying all this to you? Because within our lives, our natural, and this is what the Sefer talks about, cheshben anafesh, our natural tendency is that our, if we're going to split ourselves here, our nefesh habahami, our animalistic side, what does it want to do? It just wants to chill. It wants to eat grass, it wants to moo, and it wants to take a nap. That's what it wants to do. And the minute we get a break, we are so excited for a break. Someone says to you, you don't have to go to work today? You're like, thank you. Right? That's the, that's all you want to do. You're like, wow, I don't have to work tomorrow? I just It's a good day. It's a, it's a legal holiday, you're happy. It's a yantif, you're happy, right? We're so excited. Wow, I got a day off. Wonderful. Right? July 4th, July 12th, <laughs> give me whatever you want, right? Extended weekends, that's what we, that's what we want, right? Because we don't want to work so hard. And that's naturally how our, our, our guf, our body is designed. Our neshama is completely the opposite. Adam, man, la'ama yulad. You're created to work. That means that when you work and you accomplish something, you actually feel more alive. The more you work, the more alive you feel, right? So, if you sit in bed all day, let's say when you, on July 4th, right, and you have your vacation, and you do nothing, and you sit in bed, and you're not watching Torah anytime, you're watching something else, so what's going, what happens at the end of that day, 12 hours of not watching Torah anytime, so you wake up, and you're like, wow, I can't wait to get back to work, right? Because you don't even feel good about yourself, you didn't, you didn't live, you didn't do anything, what did you do? You, 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 you wasted away a day, your neshama feels dead, your neshama feels like it, it, it fell into a coma, it's not alive. It's not feeling awake. So our nefesh abahami, it loves just a day off. But our, our, our neshama, it's the exact opposite. The more you push it, the more you punish it, the more you're like, let's go. And you live with an internal motivation, the more alive you feel. And the more alive you feel, the more you accomplish. And the more you accomplish, the more you want to do. So it just keeps taking you from level to level, to level. There's a certain person, I won't mention who it is, who I spoke to, who was, you know, 50s, 60s, and they decided that they were going to make a major life change in their life. And they were already very, very successful. So when I spoke to them, I said to them, what, what is your motivation? Tell me what your motivation is. You already have this. You already have this. You already, you already have like 20 things that you're like running and in charge of. And there's so many things going on in your life. What is the thing? And the person told me, he said, Every stage of my life, I took something and it, and it was very hard for me. And then I mastered that thing and I spent, I killed myself day and night to get myself to that point. And then it became like, you know, like we talk about the right hand and the left hand. I was like working with it in my skilled hand. Then I passed it to my unskilled hand. It just became something that I do. And then the next thing became something that I do. And then something that I do. And he says, every single stage of my life, I, I was always looking for that next thing. Not because I'm not satisfied and I know that what I'm doing is amazing, but because my neshama wants more. 
So even when I'm, I'm 50, 60, 70 years old, my neshama wants more. That's a person who is alive. He's actually living his life. That's a beautiful thing. But many, many people, not many of us, many people, right? The way that they live their life is the exact opposite, is that they're constantly just going from break to break to break. I'm looking for Pesach vacation and Sukkot vacation and summer vacation and Hanukkah vacation. They're just living from vacation to vacation because they don't actually feel alive in their everyday lives. So what do they do? They're just waiting for the next time that they could finally have a break for their lives, but they're not actually living. They're not living on a day-to-day basis. Zrizas means to turn to yourself and to say to yourself, what am I living for? What am I davening for? To stop and just just talk to yourself and just get yourself to the point where your internal fire is raging. Where before you walk into davening, the Hasidim HaRishayim used to spend an hour. What did they do during that hour? They would pump themselves up to the fact that they have a meeting in an hour with Melech Malchai Amalchim HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So they were so excited that I can't just walk into a meeting. I'm not prepared. But by the time that hour was up, they came pounding in every word, every machshava, every everything was all prepared. They did it right. As opposed to just running and rushing through each and every stage of our lives. Because then there's really no meaning to anything that you're doing. That is the concept of zrizos. It means lighting your internal fire to put meaning into everything that you're doing so that it is l'shem shemayim and that there's a purpose to it, even if you're going on vacation. And that was where Rabbi Lezer ben Arach, he, he, he may have slipped up slightly because he went on vacation just l'shem going on vacation. You want to eat a steak because you, you recognize that Hashem created animals for you or he brings you closer to your family. It's Kaidish Kadashim. You're eating a steak because it tastes good, just for, so that's, ugh, that's not, there's nothing to it. There's no, there's no higher power, there's nothing to it. You know, there's, there's a, 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 a halacha, that when I learned this halacha many years ago, probably 15 years ago, it, this jumped out at me. And I remember I was giving a shir at the time in Eretz Yisrael, and, and I, I spoke to the guys about this for like a few hours. There's a halacha that says that a person, back in the olden days, is not allowed to travel on a, on a ship that's traveling from place to place within three days of Shabbos. I'm not talking about going from a, from the Gemara says, Sor Litzidain, if you're not going from like a short trip. I'm talking, you're going on a cruise ship, you're not allowed to travel the last three days of the week. The Gemara says that it means Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. Others say that it means Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're not allowed to travel within three days. Why? There's five, there's a Machlechus, five-way Machlechus as to why you can't do it. But the Halacha is you're not allowed to travel within those three days. So the the real way of understanding it is because your Shabbos is going to be ruined, or I'm going to have to do Malacha for you, or you're going to have to do Malacha. That's the Halacha, okay? So it says over there that this Halacha is if somebody's traveling Lidvar Rishos. But if you're traveling Lidvar Mitzvah, if you're going for a Mitzvah, so then it's mutter. You're allowed to. Okay. So I was giving a share to the guys. I said to them, guys, let's say somebody has a business trip. Is that a dvar rishos or is that a dvar metzah? What's the answer? It depends. It, it depends. It depends on, on who you are, right? I mean, it depends on what's in your brain. It depends on what's going on in your mind, right? Like dvar rishos for some people means a business trip. For some people, dvar rishos means I'm going on a cruise. Just dumb. And for some people, a cruise is Kaidish Kadashim. Obviously not a mixed cruise, but I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, where you're going, where there's like a, like a driven purpose to like what you're actually accomplishing. That's the point that I'm driving at. Zrizas is an internal motivation that pushes you forward. I want to share with you the two stories, and then I want to play for you a song. 
two stories. Many years ago, my son Shimi became three years old. And uh, at that moment in time, the family decided that we were traveling to Eretz Yisrael. And we went to Eretz Yisrael. I am like the world's worst traveler ever. By the time I get to the airport, I'm ready to take a nap. So I forget to get on the plane. So we came to, you know, the thing. And one of our children was, um, one of our children was screaming already. So that was already like the start of like a uh, very exciting trip. And it was supposed to be an in and out trip to Israel, which is like also for me, just like by the time you get used to jet lag, you're ready. Like I- I'm like on Australian time. I don't know what's flying. So we go there and this child is screaming and screaming and screaming. And we landed, it was, I remember it was over a Shabbos, and we went ahead and we were in a hotel, and then we were going up north to Mayron, where there's like a gazillion people, which is beautiful, but, uh, you know, a thousand degrees, and schwitzing, and whatever, and this child of ours is screaming, and screaming, and screaming, and screaming, and screaming, and screaming, did not stop screaming. And we had five days where it was just running in and out, jet lag, craziness. And then we finally got back onto the plane coming home. And I was, I said to my wife, I said, when I get home, man, do I need a vacation? Like, I just need, I just need to get into bed, just sleep for like a week and catch up. I'm just like, so, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what day of the week it is. I don't know what's going on. And I remember we got on the plane. This child was screaming. Screaming to the point where it was started off with like Nebuch looks from people like, oh, Nebuch, your child is screaming to the point where people were like, <laughs> like, you know, like, and like, whose baby is this? <laughs> to the point where like mid flight, they were like passing this child around from person to person. Like, maybe you want to give it a try. Maybe you want to give it a try. Maybe you want to give it a try until we landed and we landed. Um, we came back home. I was like, OK, I'm literally just falling asleep. Somebody do something with this child. Um, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm out of here. And my wife said, you know, I think maybe we should take the baby to the, you know, to the doctor just to like see whatever. So we went ahead and we, you know, took her to the, to the doctor and the doctor took one look at her and said, um, do not go anywhere. I'll be right back. And he went to the other room, made a phone call. I came in and he said, call your wife. She should meet you. You're going straight to this and this address, the hospital. You're going in baby emergency sur- surgery. Um, this is like mama shakanus nefashis. You have a few hours, like just just go straight to the hospital. And my brain, the second I heard those words, I remember all my jet lag and all my craziness. The fact that I haven't slept in five days just went right out the window. I was like, "What emergency? What's going on?" And that was what happened. We went ahead, flew to the hospital, and took care of what we had to take care of. And for ten days, we were in quarantine, and we were there in the hospital, and it was. Probably the craziest 10 days ever. But the second, the second that my brain told me that there's no sleep right now, like there's something going on with your child, you have to act. All the tiredness, all the craziness, all the jet lag, all the frustration, all the everything out the window, totally changed. Zrizos is about the idea that I cannot sleep till two o'clock in the afternoon. I cannot sleep till one o'clock in the afternoon. I, I, I have to get up in the morning with a reason and with a purpose. Rabbi Yitzhak Berkowitz, my Rebbe, he doesn't sleep a lot. He's known that he doesn't sleep a lot. And he once said that he was by the doctor and the doctor was telling him, he said, you know, I could see that you're a guy who's, a man who's not sleeping a lot. Um, I think that it would be better for you if you went to sleep a little bit more. 
So Rabbi Berkowitz said to him, you know, I have a question for you. When you went through residency, you had your shifts, 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours, right? How did you do that? So the guy said, what do you mean? Sitting in an emergency room, people come in with heart attacks and strokes and gunshots and whatever. You, you, it just It keeps you up. You have to. It's pikuach nefesh. Like, you have to stay up. You know, that's how it works. So Rabbi Berkowitz said, that's a taisvis to me. A taisvis to me, I can't sleep. That's a rajba to me. How, how can, I can't, I can't close my eyes at night with all the kashas that I have swirling around. You know what I mean? That's, somebody who lives with that, you just, sleep is bidiyavad. Living your life with meaning and with purpose, that is what it means to live with zrizas. And everything you do before you do it, you stop and you internalize what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then you start to live your life. Now, why am I saying all this to you? Because I want to play for you a song which I think is the most amazing song, which I never heard before, and I feel bad that I never heard it. And whoever this singer is, Shabiga Bench, that he brought these words to, you know, I'll call it my attention. Um, and I'm going to do this in, in two stages here, okay? First, I'm going to read you the original text. And then I'm going to play the song slowly, and we'll, we'll slow it down so we could go through this, okay? And I would just encourage you, as you're listening to this, to close your eyes and just allow these words with the song, with the niggin, with everything, to sort of penetrate your neshama because these are probably the most powerful words that you've heard all week if not in longer than that okay so this is this is from Tanya and Tanya says over here the Baal Tanya says he says when a person wants to take a thought that is in his mind if you think about it, we have so many thoughts and so many things that we talk about, midos and growth and all these ideas, right? It's all beautiful. But how does a person take that thought and allow that thought to, to germinate and to grow? How does a person do that? He says, a person has to focus on that thought. And when he focuses on that thought and the thought starts to unpackage itself, nikra bina. It's called bina. That Chachma, knowing something, is Chachma, and then unpackaging that Chachma is Bina. And that is the mother and the father, the parents, of actually growing with inside of you a feeling. It, it, it gives birth. The Avas Hashem, Vi'irasai and Yiras Hashem and Pachad and and awe of Hashem. Ki hasechol shabenefes shabenefes hamaskeles ki Hashem is vaynein when a person thinks and contemplates umamek ma'ayid begdulas Hashem and he stops and he actually thinks about the greatness of Hashem. Echu memali kol elamim that Hashem fills up the whole world. V'sayvev kol elamim and like from one end of the world to the next, that's where Hashem is. The kula kamei but to Hashem is like nothing. Hashem like bouncing around the world, everything in the world, every person who's ever born, the whole history, the history of the world, the history of every person in the world, the depths of every person's physical, emotional, everything that goes into every single person is all Hashem. But to Hashem, it's kolay chashev. It's it's nothing. There's no work. It, it's, it's nothing. It's like breathing. That kolay chashev. It's mamish nothing. 
When a person internalizes that thought, it grows within him Midas Hayiras Haraimimas, a fear of Shemayim. It grows Bimaychai Ubmachshavasai. It grows in his mind. It grows in his Machshava. Liyira Ulis Baishes Baishes Migduas Yisbarach. Like you start to be like, wow. Because Baruch Hu, like, fill, like you fill up the whole world. You're involved in every single person, whoever was. There's an interlocking story between seven, eight billion people on the planet and all their forebearers and people and all the planets and the cosmos. You control all of that. And it's like nothing in front of you. Like, mamish, like nothing. Like you think sometimes, like, oh, this, this one is a hard one. Hashem is going to be stumped. Like, no, it's not. He can do anything he wants and it's nothing in front of him. Hashem has no end. And that's nothing. Whatever you just thought about is nothing. It's like, wow. Unbelievable. And he says, what will happen from there, your heart will become inflamed on fire. It'll be like a bonfire. You're just going to feel so warm and so loving and so in awe of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's what the Pasuk says, and it says, and all these Psukim that talk about how a person just yearns to get closer to Hashem. What's the key? What's the secret? The secret is, is that most people live their lives just living their lives. And the Valatanya is explaining to us that that's not called living. What living is, is that you internalize a feeling. You allow a feeling to germinate in your brain. Let it grow. If you don't let it grow, so then you just move to the next and the next and the next and the next. You put a seed in the ground, five minutes later you pick up the seed and you eat it. You don't have anything from it. But if you, if you cultivate it, then that thought becomes a feeling, and then that feeling becomes a motivation. And that motivation makes you filled with zrizas, so now you actually live your life for a reason and for a purpose. That is how you do it. And if you don't do that, then just because you did something fast, or you went and you got a drink or a cup, or you did something fast, that's an external mida. But if you want to know how to internalize the mida of zrizas, this is how you do it. So here's a song. Everybody okay with this? Yeah? The person who sings his name is Yosef Kugler. And the song is called Nolda. N-O-L-D-A. Okay? So I'll play it. I'll stop it maybe at certain points just to like hazard this over. Because I must have listened to this song maybe 200 times since I heard it yesterday. <laughs> okay? A little bit obsessive. But it's just, it's just, it's just unbelievable. I hope you guys could hear this. Okay? I'm going to try to do this all in one shot. Okay? Tell me, give me a thumbs up on the screen if you're able to hear this. Okay? Are you able to hear it? Yeah? So though? Kishem's <laughs> 
the whole world and it's all like Why am I? You should listen to this song a million times. This guy deserves everything because I think the song is amazing. Yeah, Nalda, what it is? Okay, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. Yeah, it's this. You could, I don't know if you could see. Yeah, Nalda. Okay. Again, Yosef Kogler. It was random. My 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 thing just jumped there. It is. Yeah, it just happened to jump there. Yeah, I never heard of this before. I don't know when this song came out, but it's an incredible song. But I think that the message again, which is based on Tanya, and we'll end with this is that in our lives, in our lives, in our lives, any mida, any machshava, anything that we have going on in our lives is just a thought. And in order for that thought to actually come to a feeling, which is the bina, the unpacking of it, you have to stop and allow that thought to fill your mind. Talk to yourself. Contemplate for yourself. Anything. He's talking over here about Yiras Haredimus, like having Yiras Shemayim. It could be anything. How do you love your parents more? Internalize the fact that they're your parents. And they give you everything. And everything that you have in your life, even if you don't have the greatest life, is thanks to them. What Just because they brought you into this world, you have a chiv of kibbutz of aim. Internalize that feeling. Then go over to your parents and think in your mind, what can I do for you? That's such a different way of relating to them than, than saying, oh, you want a drink? Okay, I'm going to go run and get you a drink. When you're, when you're fueled from the inside, that's Zrizas, and that's living, and that's living every part of our lives. Unfortunately, many people don't do that, but this is such a secret, and it's such a key to success. In any area, if you want to drive yourself, you first have to fill yourself with the thought, dr- allow that thought to, to germinate and to grow and to become a part of who you are and to become unwaving. You don't get tired. You're not looking for, for excuses. There's no reason why I can't do that. 
What do you mean I can't do that? Of course I can do that. I need to do that. I need to. Why do you need to? Because it's something that's so part of me. As opposed to a thought that just comes in and then it goes out. I hear a share and then it's gone. Like there are certain times where I hear a speaker who says a share and they go, oh, I, I heard that before. Right? Yeah, you know why you heard that before? Because it's good. That's why you heard it before. So listen to it again and internalize the message again. Some some of these ideas you can hear them every day. You hear you hear this these words fifty times a day. We've heard it two hundred times already. Like you know, because it's such a powerful message that you have to hazard over and you have to internalize it. And if a person does that, then they've truly mastered zrizos. And if you do that, it really leads to success in almost every area of your life. Have a good night. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.